But uh, yeah, so sometimes we feel like Satan is just following us around trying to get us messed up. Can y'all relate to that? Um, temptation, um, bait, and that's why today I've got this little toy fishing rod up here. That's all fishing is really about, honestly. It's about temptation, it's about casting bait, it's about how that bait is presented and trying to lure those fish in. I'm not much of a fisherman, as you can tell by my little kid fishing rod. I got this, actually our intern, Blake, who is now with this, he bought this. Um, so it's somewhat fitting that it's this small and like, I don't know anything about it because I'm not much of a fisherman, which means that I'm probably not a biblical servant of God because fishing is in the Bible. So wives, you need to let your men fish if they want to. Luckily, I can stop it like that. So, but that's how, that's how Satan works. Um, he's always, he's constantly casting. He's constantly trying to bait us in with different stuff. And as I think about when I graduated high school, as I think about when I left my parents' home and moved off to college, I think of temptation. Because there's something about being in your home, there's something about being around your parents that kind of helps you to be better, that kind of helps you to hold yourself accountable and not be as bad as you potentially could be. Um, Got to hung up. It's better this than one of y'all, right? Uh-oh. Might have to leave it. And the sad thing is, is they're not, there's not actually even a hook in there. How many of you, you thought there was a hook in this, and you're thinking, oh no, he's about to murder someone on graduation Sunday. Anybody thinking that? Yeah, there's no hook. It's just a little plastic, little fishy. So, so today, as we open up God's Word, we're going to be talking about temptation. We're going to be talking about bait. We're going to be talking about how Satan seeks to just ruin all the aspects of our lives. Um, as you look through the New Testament, you see that Jesus is the best fisherman there ever has been, there ever will be. We see that Christ, the way he reaches out to us and gives us an opportunity for salvation, he's the best fisherman that there will ever be. And that's why the Bible tells us that we are to be fishers of what? Fishers of men. As Christians, it is our job to reach out to the people around us, um, much like fishing. But in the Bible, there is another person who is a very, very, very good fisherman. His name is Satan. And that's why in those moments of life, you sometimes feel like you're being baited into something that you shouldn't be doing. You feel like you're being tempted into doing something you know that you shouldn't be doing. Have you ever felt temptation before? How many of you felt temptation this week? I felt temptation this morning as I was driving to the church, um, I think Satan, well, Satan knew that I was going to preach and try to kind of get in my head a little bit because as I'm driving to church, I have this person that is about this far from my bumper the entire time I'm driving. You ever had that happen before? And I felt that temptation to get angry and to act like I shouldn't act. That, that temptation is always there because Satan is always casting. All right, He's always presenting that bait in front of us. It's continual. And as we, as we think about bait, we think about fishing. 
there are a few different aspects to fishing. There's the, the, the presentation, which is basically the bait that is used. Um, you've got to use a bait that will attract the fish. There's the attraction of the bait, the way the bait is used. If it's just sitting in your tackle box, it's not going to do anything. So you've got to get it out there. You've got to reel it in or leave it out there just bobbing. You've got to present that bait. And then the last aspect of the entire aspect of fishing is how the fish react to the bait. If the fish aren't reacting to the bait that you've got out there, what do you do? You change it up. And, and Satan is a master of all three of those aspects. Satan is a master of those things. So here in a little bit, we're going to open up the book of James, and we're going to look into temptation. We're going to look into how Satan tries to lure us in with the different baits. And as we, as we look into this today, um, we're going to be, like I said, James chapter, chapter 1. If you've got your Bibles, you can go ahead and turn there. But as we look through a few of these verses in the book of James, the original text here was in Greek. Um, it, it didn't start out in English. It was translated. Um, that's why we have a few different types of translations that we see here in English. Um, but the original Greek word here is the word parisimos, which means to test or to prove when we're talking about temptation. To test or to prove. And each time we have that, that bait that's in front of us, shoot it towards Dave, it's our opportunity to be tested or to prove that we are capable of withstanding it. The Bible tells us that each time we are tested that that, that God will not allow Satan to tempt us in such a way that we can't handle it. Did y'all know that? Did you know that every time you've ever succumbed to temptation, you had the ability to say no? Every single time. There's never been a temptation that has been out of your league. There's never been a bait that's been presented before you that you couldn't say, nah, I'm not going to accept that bait. And Jesus right before he started his ministry, after he was baptized by John the Baptist, he started out his ministry by fasting and by being tempted by Satan. We see that even Jesus was tempted. So one thing we all have to understand right now is that every person who ever walks this earth will be tempted. And because we see that Jesus was tempted and he withstood that, that temptation, we know that being tempted in itself is not a sin. When you are tempted, it is not a sin. It is a sin when you succumb, sub, when you submit to that temptation, when you take that bait. And, and that bait, it's always a counterfeit of what God wants. So today I've got in front of us a few different lures, all right? And some of these, some of these lures that I've got in here some of them are going to hurt a little bit as I pull these out because these are temptations that I have. So as I go through these, these are probably some of the temptations that you guys have as well. So can y'all promise not to get mad at me for pulling out some of this stuff? Can y'all promise that? I'm just the messenger, all right? Satan's the one that uses this stuff on you, so don't get mad at me. Get mad at him. So as we look at these baits today, there's one overall concept that I want you to remember is that God tests us to make us strong the enemy tests us to make us wrong. God tests us to make us strong. The enemy tests us to make us wrong or tempts us. Yeah, there you go. So keep that in mind. 
That's the very first aspect when you succumb or when you see that temptation in front of you that you have to consider. That Satan is just trying to mess up your life. But when God is allowing that, that test in your life, he's doing that so you can get better. He's doing that so you can get stronger. All right, so Hallmark, we're going to start out by looking at some of these, these things that Satan tempts us with. Are you all ready? Some of these are going to hurt. Some of these things we don't talk about very often because it's not fun to talk about this. But I thought that the graduates, I know that the graduates need to hear this, and I know that we all need to hear this, right? Because we're all tempted. All right, so the very first one, and this is something that some of you probably love. This first temptation, this first bait that I have up here today and as I go through these, you're not going to see a verse specifically on this, but you'll see a verse that talks about slothfulness. You'll see a verse that, that talks about laziness and procrastination. Uh, throughout the Bible, there's 11 different verses that talks about the consequences of taking the bait of laziness. Now, when, when Satan wants to tempt me in the area of being lazy, you know how he tempts me? Y'all ready for this? Anybody? <laughs> How many of you, you recognize this? My daughter cannot read, all right? I showed her this. She said, Netflix. <laughs> all right? I'm going to be honest with you. Maybe there's a time or two that Netflix has babysat my daughter. Now, I want you to understand, there, there is some stuff on Netflix that you don't need to watch as a Christian. Um, that's not what I'm talking about at the moment. We're not going to talk about the bait of... Uh, of lust, but at the moment we're going to talk about the bait of procrastination. Now I'm not I'm not saying that there is a verse in like First John chapter three, um, two that says thou shalt not watch Netflix. It's not there, okay? But there are multiple verses in the Bible that talks about being lazy. And I'm going to tell you right now, there are moments in my life that I have been lazy. Um, some of those moments have been moments when my mom wasn't around. Because moms are really good at keeping you from being lazy. You know, they give you the lists of things that you need to do while mom's shopping. Y'all ever gotten one of those lists before? Y'all ever seen those? Those lists? Oh, I love those lists. When I would wake up on a Saturday and mom would have a, a list for me. Nowadays, kids have Netflix to keep them from getting their mother's lists done. Nowadays, we have things like this that can be a distraction. Things like this that can be a bait to get us to be lazy. As Christians, as Christians, should we be known as lazy people? Should we be known as procrastinators? You see, as we're out and about in this world, as we're at work, we should be known as the best workers. We should be known as the type of people that if the boss asks us to do something, it's going to get done. Because we're Christians. Because we represent Christ in the way that we do things, our work ethic. And if we are lazy, if we are slothful and we allow bait, things like this, to get in the way, it's a, it's a bad representation of Christ. It's a bad representation of how Christians should be. And, and once again, as I go through these, don't think that I'm saying, hey, you need to get rid of Netflix. Uh, maybe you do if it's something you can't have around and you can't handle. But what I'm saying is there are moments in our life to where things like this can get in the way. So we need to be aware of it. All right? So this is one of my baits. Anybody in the same boat as me when it comes to this bait? A few people? 
Uh, we've got some honest people. Hopefully by the end of the uh, sermon you'll be a little bit more honest with yourselves. All right. Can you imagine, like as I go through these today, I, I, think, of, uh, I think of Satan walking into his like man cave and he's got this trophy room and there's all these Christians up on the wall like, you know what I mean? Like he caught them with the bait. Like, hey, this guy right here, he's a deacon at Hallmark Baptist Church and he was driving down I-35 and I tempted him with the bait of road rage and he cut off somebody and all that. I don't know. Whatever. All right. So let's look at our second bait today. This one was, this one is still one of my worst baits. Now don't get mad at me. It's a baseball glove. Baseball is American sport, is America's sport, all right? There's nothing wrong with baseball, all right? So those of you that are like getting upset right now, but here's the deal. Um, I am way, 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 way too competitive. I'm way too competitive. I make a competition out of anything. There are a special group of humans in this world that can make a competition out of anything. Um, those of you in this room, you may be married to someone that is that way. All right? I'm that person. Yes, I'm going to catch it. I caught it wrong. You shouldn't do that. You should catch it up high like that. But uh, I make a competition out of anything. Okay? When I was... I don't know, four or five years old, that's when I started playing baseball. Uh, my family is a big base, baseball family. My dad was drafted by the Rangers in uh, like 1981. He never ended up playing. Um, he tore up his knee and wanted to marry my mom. Um, so because of that, I'm not rich today, so thanks a lot, Dad. <laughs> but uh, baseball was a major part of my life, okay, and competition that went along with it. And I was the type that I was so competitive that any chance I could get, I was playing baseball. I was in that competition. And sometimes there would be practices, there would be tournaments, there would be all types of opportunities for me to go and experience that competition instead of go to church. Uh-oh. And even though I'd want to go to those tournaments and play, what do you think my parents said? No. You see, competition is one of my idols. An idol is anything you place before God. I wanted to place this before God. This was my idol throughout middle school, high school. That's all I cared about was winning, was playing and experiencing sports and winning. And Luckily, my parents were able to keep me grounded. My parents said, you know what? You can play baseball all you want. You can go to practices. You can do all of these things, but on Sunday, you're not playing. You're going to be at church. And do you know what that taught me? That taught me that nothing is more important than God. And even though I've still got idols in my life, I've got things that I struggle with, I've got things that when Satan is thinking, all right, I'm going to mess this guy up, that he cast that bait right out there in front of me, guess what? I know because of what my parents instilled in me, what's the most important? My relationship with Christ. So, competition, that's, that's one of my idols. So you've got to watch out for idols in your lives. And I'm... I'm hanging my laundry for you today. You're seeing where I struggle. All right. Here's another one. This is a cell phone. 
This one right here, as my students are texting me, <laughs> Cody Wagner, stop moving so much. It makes you look nervous and makes it impossible to keep you on camera. Pan out, homie. I move. It's what I do. Here's another one, all right? Gossip. Sometimes Satan will bait us with gossiping. James chapter 3, I want to encourage you guys to read it sometimes. It talks about the tongue. It talks about our words. It talks about the things that we say, and it talks about how gossip can be destructive, all right? The bait of gossip. I'm going to start moving through this a little bit more because I'm slow. All right. The next one. This one's going to hurt. This one's going to be one that pastors never talk about because if they are good at it, they look like they're... You'll understand. This is a cupcake. Uh-oh. Anybody know where this is going? You see, the Bible teaches us that gluttony is a sin. I'm about 20 pounds overweight. I don't know if you can tell. I'm sucking in because I'm talking about it, and I've got a suit jacket on so you don't see it. But the Bible does teach us that gluttony is a sin. Pastors don't like to talk about it because if they're, if they're good with it, it looks like they're kind of like arrogant and, you know what I mean? And if they're bad with it, they don't want to talk about it because they're bad with it. Um, this is one of the few sins that you don't want to talk about. And a fun fact is we have some of these for you after church. Um, if you want to celebrate with us, only have one. All right, moderation. Only have one because apparently people will probably judge you. But the Bible teaches us that, that, that gluttony is something we need to watch out for. Philippians chapter 3, verse 19. Paul tells us that when we are gluttonous, we are walking as the enemies of God, the enemies of Christ, and our bellies are our gods. I can't tell you how many times in my life I've been sitting in church and I thought to myself, I wonder what I'm about to eat. Anybody ever done that? I hate it. I wish I wasn't that way. Like, I pray daily that this is a, a temptation that I can overcome because, I mean, even yesterday as I was working on this, the, this sermon and finalizing it, my wife texts me and says, hey, I'm at Sonic. What do you want? And instead of just saying, I want a hamburger, I wanted to say, I want a hamburger, I want some cheese sticks, I want some of those jalapeno poppers, I want some ice cream. Like, you know what I mean? Anybody with me on that? Anybody else struggle with this? All right, we're just being real here, all right? Because we're Christians and we all struggle with stuff, right? So sometimes that is a sin, that is a temptation that Satan will give us. All right? And the very last one today. We're not going to talk about this long because I don't have much of it. But the last one is ugh, this one right here, money. Greed. I've only got a 20 at the moment, and I'm not going to give it away because I need it, because uh, I'm greedy. I need to tithe to Jesus. Um, sometimes greed gets us in trouble, especially us as Americans, because we're wealthy. I mean, if we're going to be honest, if we look around us, we are very wealthy, and this world, especially this country, is run by what? Money. Greed. Now, as we look at all of these things today, I want you to understand that we need food. Not necessarily cupcakes. We need money. We need, not idols, we don't need idols. We need entertainment. And we need 
things to just kind of help us rest and kind of relax a little bit. But the thing about this stuff, when Satan uses it, is everything that Satan puts in front of us is a counterfeit of those things that I just mentioned. It's a counterfeit. It's something that, hey, it looks great until you take the bait and you bite it and you realize there's a hook there. All right? So don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying sell your house and sell everything you own and all of those things. All right? So um, James chapter 1, verse 2 is where we're going to begin. And I promise you we're going to go through this fairly quickly. And I promise you that as we look at this, these things will help you as these temptations are presented in front of you. These things, if you apply them to your lives and you actually try, it's going to help you to leave better today than when you got here. James chapter 1, verse 2. This verse is crazy. Count it all joy. My brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, this verse is telling us that when we are tempted, we need to be happy? What? Like, what? See, I read this verse and I think to myself, are you messing with me? Like, when I'm tempted with stuff, I'm supposed to be happy? And as you look into this verse, you start to realize that we should engage the trials that we have. We shouldn't look at that bait and say, eh, Oh no, Satan's after me again. This is going to be terrible. I'm probably going to mess up again. We should look at this bait and we should just like kick it out. Oh, that could have been bad. That's a flute. Um, Just like toss it out of the way and let Satan know, look, I see that this temptation is here and I'm not scared of it because we know that God has provided us with, through the Holy Spirit, the ability to get past these temptations. So we should engage these trials, all right? We should look at these temptations and not be afraid of them because we understand that through the Holy Spirit we have the capability of overcoming that temptation, of overcoming that bait that is presented before us. Each and every time you're tempted, you have the ability to say no. Each and every time you're tempted in the future, you have the ability to say no. So we should have joy when we look at it, because we know we've got the power to overcome it. And in this verse, another word that I want to highlight here is the word when. When you meet trials. When. That means it's going to what? It's going to happen. You're going to be tempted. You don't accept Christ as your Savior and then everything's perfect. Y'all realize that yet? When you accept Christ as your Savior, that's when Satan looks at you and says, whoa, he just switched teams on me. Let's mess them up. Let's get in their life. Let's, let's jack some stuff up. All right? That's when you become his enemy. That's when he starts attacking you. All right? You're going to be tempted. It's going to happen. The, the very end of that verse, it says various kinds. That means that Satan is going to use different, use different types of baits. Different kinds. These things that I mentioned that I struggle with, some of you may be weird not struggle with any of that stuff. You might have something else. Like as I'm talking about temptation right now, in your mind you're thinking to yourself, yeah, I know what he tempts me with. They're different for each and every one of us because Satan is a good fisherman. 
He's watched the fish. He's watched us. He knows what we struggle with. He knows. When we have these trials, we need to engage them. The second thing, James chapter 1, verse 3. You know the testing of your faith produces what? Steadfastness or patience, depending on the translation that you have in front of you. It produces steadfastness, all right? When you endure the testing, it makes it easier next time. Do you understand that? I know I'm going to sound like Jason Garrett. Anybody know who that is? But when you stack those wins on top of wins on top of wins and you follow the process, it gets easier. Get some wins against Satan. Get some wins against those temptations. The next time you see that temptation in your face, look at it and say, look, I know what you're doing. I'm ready for it, and I'm going to resist it. Because you can. You have that ability through the Holy Spirit. If you're in this room right now and you're a Christian, you don't have to be a slave to this bait. You don't have to be a slave to the temptations that are put before you. You don't have to keep failing in the same areas you failed your entire life because you have the Holy Spirit. You have the ability, you have the power to say no. To say, I know that if I endure this testing, that it's going to be easier the next time it's in front of me. That's what this tells us. That through the Holy Spirit, we have the opportunity to resist, to get better, and get to where the next time we struggle, it's even easier to say yes. The next thing, James chapter 1, verse 4. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. As we engage and endure our trials, our sphere of influence will enlarge. As you engage and endure your trials and temptations, you will have the opportunity to influence others. As a Christian, you have two jobs. To tell people about Jesus, to evangelize, and to make disciples. As you endure these temptations, you get better at your jobs. As a Christian, you get better at it. If you're a Christian, your whole existence is to tell people about Jesus and make disciples. The fact that you're here in this building right now and not off at a lake right now, despite that temptation, that means that you put this out of priority. You said to yourself, look, I know I'm tempted to not be here right now, but I'm here because I care about being discipled. That's what this is right now. As you're out there, this is discipleship. Did y'all realize that? That we are, as a church, our goal is to teach you about Christ, to teach you about the Word of God, and to disciple you so you can do what? Disciple others. Reach out to others. That's multiplication. That's how that happens. It's not just... Pastor John or the people on staff that tell people about Jesus and all of that. It's your job. It's our job to teach you and equip you to get that accomplished. And as you resist these temptations, as you endure them, as you look at that temptation and you just say, look, Satan, I know what you're doing right now and I'm not going to fall through with it. I'm not going to take that bait. As you endure those, you, you, you look at that, your, your territory is going to expand. 
as you grow in wisdom, as you grow in knowledge through the perseverance that you have, you're going to have the ability to speak into the lives of the people around you. There may be some of you in this room that you've, you've struggled with things and you've overcome those things through the power of the Holy Spirit. We always want to give God the credit, don't we? It's not us. It's all Jesus. It's all God. But there may be some of you in this, in this room right now that you've struggled with things. You were able to overcome them. And because of that experience, you've been able to help people around you. How many of you have experienced that? You've been able to help people because of the experiences you've had. That's what it's about. That's what being a Christian is about. Resisting what Satan is trying to do understanding what he's trying to do, and once you get that victory, to reach out to the people around you, to use it. So Hallmark, as a church, got a few questions for you today. What is your temptation? What is your thing? If Satan were to, actually, when Satan tempts you, what's his go-to bait? You don't have to say it out loud, because that's just weird. We don't need that. Is it some of the things that I mentioned? Is it sleeping during church? Is that one of your things? I see a lot of stuff up here. <laughs> I'm going to say everything I see because it's kind of scary. But what is the bait that he will use with you? Shopping. Shopping? We need stuff. Sometimes we think we need a lot more than we really do, don't we? We've all got different baits. Be aware of what's happening. When you see that bait, endure it. Stack up those wins so it makes it easier next time to persevere. Finally, as you go through, as you endure those temptations, enlarge your territory. Talk to people about this stuff. Talk to people about these victories that you've had because that's you reaching out, that's you discipling, that's you having the opportunity to tell people about Jesus. That's your job. That's your job. Tell people about Christ. Make disciples. It's your only two purposes in this world. All that other stuff, it's secondary. That's primary. Tell people about Jesus. Make disciples. If we as a church start doing that, what do you think would happen? Wouldn't that be amazing? And the crazy thing about it is that's what God wants. God wants this church to blow up. God wants this place to just expand to where we're having to, to figure things out, to fit people in here because they understand that we're about God and they see our lives and they realize that they need something that we've got. That's what it's about. God desires for that to happen. But in order for that to happen, he's chosen us to be fishers of men. Resist the devil. Let's all stand. I want to give you guys an opportunity today to, uh, to talk to God. I don't know what you struggle with. I don't know what your temptation is. But Satan knows and you know. So I want to encourage you today to come forward and to pray and to talk to God about that temptation. Pray that he would give you the strength to overcome.
Actually, you know what? Don't pray for the strength because you've already got it. Pray that you would have the willpower to do the things that we talked about. Because honestly, it's on you. Don't put it on God. It's on you. You've got the ability. He's given you the ability. He's given you the power. You've got the Holy Spirit in you. If you're a Christian, you've got the power through Christ. So it's on you. But today, I want to encourage you to come forward and talk to God about that. And if you're in this room right now and you've never accepted Christ as your Savior, today's the day. Today is the day. Don't put it off. You see, Jesus Christ came and died on a cross for you, for your sins, for you. Today, you can accept that free gift of salvation. We've got some people up front that would love to show you with God's word how to know that you're a Christian. So I don't know how God is dealing in your life right now, but don't ignore God. If he's telling you to come up here and pray and talk to him about something, do it. It's your opportunity to do business with God.